the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity and happy Father's Day weekend. Last week, we began our June series celebrating fatherhood and Father's Day. In that episode, we talked at length about a scripture from Genesis chapter 18, verse 19, in which God says of Abraham, For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. As Abraham's the father of many nations whose far-reaching influence could never be quantified, so you, if you are a father, have an amazing God-given opportunity to influence future generations well beyond what can be conceived. As such, you must know that you, too, like Abraham, have been chosen to direct your children and your household in the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. And nothing could be more important in this day and age as men... Fathers and families are under such concerted attack. Last week, I mentioned two previous episodes from last year, one on June 26, 2021, which was called Men Under Fire, and a second which aired on November 13, 2021, about family. And together they provide an important foundation for this series, and I hope you'll find them on your favorite podcast app, Again, they aired on June 26th and November 13th of last year, and you can find last week's episode there as well. Today we have a very special guest who has written a beautiful book called Letters from a Father. And in reading his book, it's obvious that he's a man of exceptional intention and heart, and he brought that to his critically important role as a father. We're pleased to welcome Mr. Alan Carter to Courageous Christianity, Alan, thank you for joining us. Richard, it's a blessing to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Friends, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow. Hello, everyone, and welcome, Alan. 
Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this opportunity to celebrate men and fathers and the critical foundational role they have in your kingdom. Lord, we ask you to bless our conversation today so that all who hear may be encouraged and guided in your truth. We ask that you bless the women who are listening in their crucial appointment as partners, helping the men you have chosen to be fathers to walk out their most sacred role. And finally, Father, we ask for your blessings on our children for whom we have created a very difficult world. Help us to shine your loving light into the darkness that they may find and keep your ways. We ask that all we say be filled with grace and glorifying unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Alan, totally awesome book. Uh, I loved it. And I'm wondering how you came to write the letters that comprise the book. Well, thank you, Richard. I'm, I'm, again, grateful to be with you all today. And to be honest, it's a little bit of a surprise. I started writing these letters when my children, which we have three, entered their teenage years. And the initial thought was just to look to seek to engage with them in different ways. And I just started writing them as we shared experiences together. I noticed things. As fathers, sometimes we can miss opportunities in the moment, but we always get a redo. And that was my letter writing start. I would send them a letter, uh, reflecting back on some thoughts on an experience we had together, and started sending them to them on a monthly basis. It was years later when my parents got a hold of them and said, look, you've got to share these with the world. It's a great opportunity to give other dads a chance to learn how to engage differently with their kids. So that's how the book was born. And then what you have in front of you there is, series of 70 or so curated letters that the publisher Covenant Books helped put together and uh, just, again, surprised and delighted that it's out in the world now. (laughs) That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, This might sound weird, but before each of my combat deployments, I would write a letter to each of my family members in case I didn't come home. And I would place them in the top drawer of the dresser, and I would say, if I don't come home, there's a letter here for each of the kids. And on the back of my book, I actually reflected on that, and I said, if I did not come home, could you imagine my kids and my wife not reading those letters? What set of circumstances would explain the fact that dad didn't come home and he left these letters for us, but we're too busy, not interested, don't care, and so we're not reading them. And I said on the back of my book that the Bible is God's letters to us. And so could you imagine that we're not reading them? And then last week on the show, we talked about how if you met a really great girl uh, for the guys out there, or if you met a really great guy for the girls out there, it's a little hard to say, a little tongue, (laughs) isn't the first thing you would want to know more about them? And so... I love uh, the intentionality of the letters that you've left, and I totally feel it and uh, empathize with it. I love the fact that you put it into a book, and it kind of makes me wonder, who do you see exactly as the audience for that book? Well, it's it's interesting. The, The audience was just intended to be my three children. 
So it, it's a little bit of a surprise, as I mentioned before, that it's out there in the world. But look, and you mentioned in the introduction, the impact that we all can have as fathers, it just can't be overstated, Richard. I mean, we have generational consequences to how we act and the values we pour in and the effort we put forth for our children. And I think the a long answer to your question is, you know, the opportunity set for dads to pull on any lever they can and to gain ideas in a community that are working for other families that they can then implement in their own families, I think is a, a, a great opportunity set. So I'd encourage dads out there to think about their own letter writing campaigns or think about other methods that they could used to pour into their kids and specifically to pour in values and biblical principles that transcend time, because that's what makes the difference in generations. Yeah, I love that word, uh, those words, that phrase, let me put it that way, generational consequences. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, the things that you mentioned um, also about Abraham and, and uh, the power that we can have as parents and when we pour into these kids, we don't just change the outcome for them, but we can break cycles in our own families and transcend those things that sometimes hold us all back. Our children are then changed, and then their children's children will change. It's the proverbial fork in the road that we as dads and moms and families can shift outcomes. And those outcomes don't stop with that first generation. They transcend those times into different generations. And I think you know that so well, Richard. It's an absolutely amazing thing. You just never know who's listening, what's being heard, what's being observed. And two things come to mind. Number one, preach 24 hours a day, use words if necessary. So we've all heard that expression, and fathers in your homes, what matters the most is what you do. And long after what you do come the words. I had a realization as a father where I would talk to a three-year-old with like a a four-hour lecture, and I just so wanted to impart things. And the mistake I made there was not in my desire to want to impart things, but in the way I did it. And so mm-hmm. a three-year-old's got like a 30-second uh, attention span. Yeah. <laughs> and I told the story last week about how when I was already in the Marines, I had spent hours preparing my uniform. It was laying on my bed all measured and pressed. And my dad came in to my room, which was unusual, and I was so happy to have him in my room. And he sat right down on the middle of my uniform because he just didn't think about stuff like that. And I'm like, Dad, you're on sure. my uniform. And he lifts his behind up a little and he shoves it, squashes it into the corner and goes on. And I totally didn't mind because to have my dad there was amazing. And then recently in a conversation with my niece, who's a special needs teacher who deals with uh, autistic children, she was talking about a concept called sharing space. And she would say, you be in the same space as the person. You don't say anything. You don't have to make demands on anything. And then when they're ready... They will ask questions or invite you in, so to speak. And so my point is that as fathers, when we want to impart these lessons, we've got to do it in a way that's appropriate and acceptable to the child. And so sharing space, whether it's fishing or walking or playing catch, 
And then I've often said, until people ask the question, they're not ready to understand the answer. And then the kid ends up asking you a question, and then you have an opportunity to give them an age-appropriate answer. Does what do you Speaking think? of age appropriate, Alan, I'm curious, your children, what was, what's their response to the letters? Not in the book, but when you initially read the, wrote them. No, that's a great question, Christy. And I get that a lot. These are teenagers, remember, these letters were directed to. And teenagers will be just that. So, you know, sometimes I would go months. I would send them a letter, and it was almost like it was being tossed into a black hole. You'd receive no feedback and no response. But then sometimes months later, it would come up in conversation. Sometimes years, they still, my eldest now, Claire, is 27. She still talks about these letters when we're together as a family or picks out one or a concept that's been meaningful or impactful to her in her life. And back to, Richard, what you said about legacy. I mean, there it is. Yeah. These have been crucial, I think, for our family, and they've helped shape, I'm shape la- our children. I'm laughing because I remember a letter, not probably like yours, Alan, that I was kind of getting <laughs> reprimanded in college, and I'm, I'm still remembering it. It still stings. <laughs> it's an amazing opportunity we have. We never know how far-reaching these ripples are, same as when we minister to strangers on the street and... You never know you where know. that's going to no, go, you and you know. ask the Holy Spirit to control it. And it's a beautiful testament to a father's love. Stay with us, friends. We're going to talk more with Alan Carter about his beautiful book, Letters from a Father, when we come back. Time is a bullet, okay. I get that we all have our Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelo. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelo's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281 Eight zero zero forty nine forty. That's two eight one eight zero zero four nine four zero. And for a donation of twenty five dollars or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might: Forty Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. So text to donate to two eight one. Eight zero zero four nine four zero, or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking with Alan Carter, the author of Letters from a Father, a book comprised of letters he wrote to his children in his very intentional effort to speak into their lives. And most of the letters, if not all of them, uh, always have reference to God's values and uh, the opportunity that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And children come to know that through their mother and father. I think about the Ten Commandments a lot, and Commandments 1 through 4 are about God, but that's a pretty lofty thing for a kid to initially understand. Commandment number 5 transitions us from the heavenly 
to the worldly. And it says, honor your father and your mother and all will go well with you. And then the remaining commandments are about the world. So first experience our children have is with us. And it's from us that they will learn about God and how to walk in the world. So it makes sense to me that commandment is the lever right in the middle of everything. And Alan Carter has done a beautiful job of taking advantage of his opportunity. And something we talked about last week with Pastor Steve is that fathers who miss this opportunity are absconding their responsibility. A big word, sad word. I I asked Pastor Steve, I just don't understand why a father would give up his seat at the dinner table in order to allow Apple or Google or CNN or the kindergarten teacher to parent his children. Can you speak to that, Alan? I, I can, Richard. And, and if you've read the book, you know that I think you know, I have a lot of regrets in in my own parenting. And I think all of us dads do. Part of the thing for me, you know, as a business person and a, and uh, leading a team at my firm, you know, we can easily fall into the trap of telling ourselves that the best way we can raise our children is pro- by providing them financial stability. And so that's a trap we fall into because when we get into that mindset, we justify all sorts of things, too much business travel, too much focus and not being present with our kids on our work rather than them, too much effort at work rather than effort at home. You know, those are value traps we can fall into and we justify them easily in our minds. So that's something I think we need to consciously break away from and recognize that God has put us first on this earth as to be husbands and leaders of our family. And that is being a great and godly father first before anything else. I I, I absolutely love that. Um, I love the idea that being a father is about leadership. And friends, I am far from the perfect father, but something I started thinking about a while back probably as a result of my understanding of Marine Corps leadership, is that we see leadership. We're very intentional about leadership. We go to the office. We go to work. I would go to do Marine Corps stuff, and I would be incredibly intentional with my Marines. And then I'd go home, and my family would get whatever was left over. There wasn't that same Mm -hmm. intention. And so I wanted to always substitute the word leadership for parenting, because if you say parenting— People get defensive. They're either thinking about their Mm -hmm. parents or the regret that you spoke about, Alan. And uh, we have this idea we've got to be perfect, whereas leadership is a living, breathing thing that we can uh, work on every day. And uh, so I love the idea of parenting as leadership. I'm not going to give that away to anyone because if you're not leading your family, then who is? Well, I think Mm -hmm. I've heard in leadership, too, it's the authenticity that you bring in leadership that when you do make a mistake, your your employees, now we're talking about the family, but in in leadership in the business world, the employees will actually value you more, respect you more when you, you know, you lay your imperfection on the table, so to speak. And so you're in it with everyone. Yeah. And it's like, uh, 
Uh, friends, Alan said something great at the break. He said that a lot of fathers don't step into that role fully because they feel like they have to be perfect. And the devil works on us and says we're not perfect, and then we don't step into the role. I think that's right, Richard. And, and Christy, you have a good point relative to authenticity. You know, I'd add vulnerability to that. And, you know, our kids, and you mentioned it earlier too, Richard, our kids watch us like hawks. I mean, they really do. And so I think what matters more than perfection, because none of us are, only God is perfect, is effort. But if our kids see our honest effort, they see our authenticity, our vulnerability, um, that is so meaningful to shaping them because they recognize then that, hey, um, my dad's doing the best he can. And yes, he's not perfect. He's forgiven like we all are. But this, the effort is amazing. And you shared it earlier in our first segment, Richard, about your dad sitting on your perfectly pressed uniform. <laughs> it, it didn't matter that that happened. What mattered is was his effort to spend time with his son. And our kids feel that, and that's hugely impactful. Yeah, I mentioned that book by John Eldridge, um, Fathered by God, and he talks about the first stage of a child's life, especially a boy, is to understand that he's the apple of his father's eye. And so yeah. in leadership, yeah. we say people don't care about what you know till they know you care. And I think the same would be true of our children. When you are sharing space with them on their terms, making no demands, keep in mind the whole concept of sharing space is that there's no judgment. There's not right and mm -hmm. wrong. There's just love and acceptance. And it's that understanding that they're liked uh, which makes them interested in what you will later have to say. But something that you said earlier I think is awesome, and that is that your oldest at 27 is imprinted, although at first we didn't feel like things were resonating. So for a father who feels like, oh, my kids don't even listen to me, ah, oh, it doesn't matter, what would you say? Oh, I would stick with it. I mean, the things we say in the moment may pass us by, but um, that is a seed that's planted in fertile soil. And sometimes it takes a while for that seed to germinate, but it will and it can bear tremendous fruit at a time that we just don't know. So everything we do is important with our children. The effort we put forth is hugely important. We can't try to manage the timeline of those consequences, but they will be real in our children's lives. Yeah, what would you say to this uh, mistake that I made? I pictured my kids as a bucket, and I imagined mm. that I was filling that bucket with the sand that would give them the ability to get through life. And I think a lot of times, I don't know if it's because I travel or what, but I'd come home, I'd take a huge shovel full of sand and I'd dump it in the bucket. And a lot of it missed the bucket. And in fact, there was resentment because I was dumping so much. And then, uh, long story later, I realized that in point of fact, it's a teaspoon that you're using. And you're picking up a few grains of sand with a teaspoon and you're gently lowering it into the bucket and most of it's going to stay in there. And it might not seem like you're getting great results at first, but eventually... You end up at this place where your kid surprises you by uh, manifesting some of that that you've put in there. 
So the idea mm-hmm. of using a shovelful vice a teaspoon a little bit each day, what would you say to that? Yeah, I, I, I love I, I, that's a great analogy, and I think you're right. Sometimes with our kids, we can almost pour at them too much. If we try to act like a fire hose, sometimes it does get lost. And there's a lot of spillage. I, I do like the analogy and, of course, the parable of the sower. And, you know, as fathers, we can just sow seed, and we can do those one at a time and be very careful in how we place them in the ground and how we cover them up, how we water them. Of course, that water and is our love and affection and attention. And those things are it's just great fertilizer for the seeds that uh, cause those plants to germinate over time. So yeah. I'm wondering about your, I think it's your daughter, the 27-year-old, is that right, that you were mentioning? Yes, that's our eldest, Claire. Your eldest, Claire. Um, so what do you see the outcomes now? Like what, what is shaped and uh, do you see the results? The, the, I guess you would say uh, the blossoms. What blossoms yeah, do you Yeah, the manifestations see now? Yeah. of it all. Yeah, and of course every dad loves to brag on, her ch- on their children, so I will spare your listeners that. <laughs> but it is, it's just fun to see godly children who are well-grounded, independent, functional, who love each other, who love their families, who um, love God as a result of that. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a blessing to watch those seeds bear fruit. Well, folks, uh, I think this is what I'm hearing, if I can recap for all of us. Number one, get in the fight. Be there. Engage. Mm. Sit at the dinner table and be the father to your family. All of that leverages your personal relationship with God and Jesus because you can't give away what you don't have. God fills us up, and then we're responsible to fill up these buckets. Now you have a choice. Do I use a shovel or do I use a teaspoon? Mm -hmm. On the one end of the spectrum, you have sharing space, where you're just in the space with the kid. There's total acceptance there. They're going to understand that you're giving them your attention, which is the most important thing you have. You're giving them your time, and they feel special. And then as that trust builds, they come to want to know what it is that you know, and that's when you use a teaspoon um, to understand that you're filling their bucket one day at a time with just a little. It's a beautiful opportunity, and I have a quick story for you. Uh, my stepdaughter, who I met at five, got involved in rowing. And uh, in high school, she's a very uh, avid coxswain. And that's the person who steers the boat. And one day I show up at rowing practice, and there's one of these $40,000 boats cracked in half on the dock, and all the kids Mm -hmm. are soaking wet. And I asked the coach what happened, and he said the boats ran into each other, and the one uh, cracked in half. And he said, but here's the amazing thing. I said to the other coxswain, uh, what happened? And she said, well, they weren't listening to me, and they weren't doing what they said. And I said to your stepdaughter, what happened? And she said, I'm the coxswain. It's my responsibility. It's my mistake. And this is the same person I'd spent the last 10 years trying to get her to be accountable and take responsibility. And so it's amazing. Our opportunity is amazing. It all goes in there. And we're going to talk more about that in the third segment. Stay with us.
They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are or a friend or family member is struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about fatherhood as part of our June series, Celebrating Fathers. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day weekend. And couldn't be a more important topic uh, when we talk about Reformation in this country if you say to somebody, well, uh, what needs to change? People will say all kinds of things. Um, And I believe the most important thing is... Fatherhood. And so last week we talked at length about the breakdown of the family and how in that breakdown we lose fundamental strengthening, uniting, and the ordering ways of God. And we lose the bricks in the walls which protect our children from evil and sin. And then the next thing you know, anything goes. And then the next thing you know, uh, it's just a big mess. And what's lost is the family as the building block of cohesive, resilient society. And so that's the problem. We've talked about Alan's amazing letters that he wrote his children as him uh, taking charge of this opportunity and bringing intention and love to it. And in all of his letters, there is always uh, God is always present there. 
And so we have a problem. It's critically important that fathers take charge. And so, Alan, what I'm wondering is for the man out there who maybe feels overwhelmed with work and the price of gas and he's barely hanging on, living paycheck to paycheck, maybe he sees these kids on their cell phones all the time and he thinks they're not interested in me or all of these things, which I feel are very real. And uh, what would you say to that man about how to take charge and reassert his authority and uh, opportunity as a father? No, and I, I, I totally sympathize with fathers everywhere who are struggling to do be all things to their family and to their employers and to their spouses. Look, it, this is a challenging role, and I think it's just so helpful to remember that I think one of the top things that we all can do as dads is just to be aware and be present and to look for opportunities as they come by. And I'll just point to a letter that I wrote. We were um, in the bus, the rental car bus on a family vacation to Colorado where our intent was to go skiing. And after a long flight and when you go skiing, Richard, you have oceans of bags and boots and skis (laughs) and you're towing kids. (laughs) It's really something, and you're exhausted. We got all this. We got all this on the rental car bus, and of course, my dad vibes were full strength, taking care of everybody. And there's this little boy who's about four years old, and he had never been on a bus before. And here he is in this packed rental car bus. He was so excited, Richard and Christy, just the look of wonder and enthusiasm and an excitement in his eyes. And so that opportunity, just that one thing I observed, created an amazing conversation with our kids about how wonderful it is to be alive and the amazing things that are all around us all the time that we can lose just because we're caught up in our own agenda or our own cares or concerns. So a long answer to your question is, is dads, let's all look for opportunities where we can engage with our kids, we can raise the level of conversation or we can share events together that that build that foundation of family that's critical uh, for for our children. I think that's a beautiful thought to look for opportunities. And what occurred to me as you said that is when our kids behave badly, and mm-hmm. notice I didn't say if, and by the way, <laughs> when God is talking to Adam in the Garden of Eden, he says, for when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he didn't say if. He said, when? Mm -hmm. And it's the same fathers and mothers. When we uh, have kids, they will misbehave. And then as you said, look for opportunities. We can look at those little departures uh, from good behavior or, quote, normalcy or ease as complications to our lives, challenges to our authority, and frustrations, or... At its highest form, we can say, okay, awesome opportunity here. The the girl came home after midnight. And we're going to, or the good opportunities, like you're saying. What do you think about that? uh, That there's often more opportunity for teaching and learning in the things that go wrong? No, look, that's so true. But God gives us every opportunity for our better. It's it's Romans 8 28, all things uh, work out 
uh, as you know. So I think we, we have to look for every engagement with our children, whether it's a negative one or a positive one or a good experience or a challenge uh, to draw on from. I always come back to, you know, Jesus uh, drawing in the dirt after, of course, all the accusers of that adulterous woman flanked away. And there was no condemnation. There was only love and encouragement to see if we can do better from that point forward. And that's our challenge as, as dads and moms, too, is to draw on occasions where maybe things were not great for a situation with our children. But that love, that support, that encouragement, that is critical, too. I'm drawn back to that letter again that I got in college. (laughs) I still have it, I believe. Um, When Mm. I think about it, from my father, handwritten, I think either mailed or dropped off, I guess mailed because I was in Austin, he was in Houston. And while I, I got in trouble for some of the things I was doing, I still think about that you know, combined with all the other times that I didn't get in trouble, don't think I got in trouble most of the time. <laughs> but he he took the time to um, teach me in that moment, and he kept trying to teach me. And I think about all the other times, again, when I didn't get in trouble, that he sat down and used those opportunities to share his heart with me. I think I go back go back to what you said, Alan, the vulnerability. Uh, I felt like he was real. And today he's been gone 10 and a half years and, and he's still real to me and shapes my actions today. Yeah. My dad is too. Uh, My dad was awesome at sharing space. Yeah. Um, Not a lot of judgment, not a lot of condemnation, not a lot of anything, not even a lot of advice giving just this feeling of like, and I think one of the things that I did so poorly with my kids is that when I was frustrated with them, I I absolutely, I think, made them feel like they weren't liked. And mm-hmm. imagine if we felt that way with God, where, man, you, you know, we all do tons of stuff wrong. And then imagine if you had this feeling like God doesn't like me. And let me just tell mm-hmm. you, folks, when you do have that feeling, it's the devil, because I know for a fact God likes us because he has tolerated so much. The only reason he would is because he really likes us and he wants to see us succeed. And if you can imagine the love and uh, faith and uh, of his parenting and how it feels to us to know that we're loved even when we're having a bad day, and that's what helps us to wake up the next day and start over and try to do better, then as we bring that to our kids, it's got to be from that place of like where you say, hey, bud, uh, you probably had a bad day today. Uh, I'm not sure that this was the way you wanted things to go. How you doing? And it kind of uh, yeah. is just so amazing. And so we're talking in this segment about how. How we pivot, how we take back our seat at the table from Apple and Google and Amazon and cell phones and Facebook and all this other stuff. And... I think, Alan, one of the things I would say, and I'd like your opinion on this, is fathers, step one is your relationship with God. Step two, be less busy. Do whatever it takes to be less busy, because it's only in that less busy place that you can be intentional. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, my gosh, Richard. I think you nailed it. Uh, Back to what we were chatting about earlier is, 
And I think part of our defense mechanisms, and frankly, is to be busy. Um, it's it's easier to have a million things going at once sometimes than it is to just be present and focused on our children. Sometimes it's hard work, and that's the most imp- important thing we can do is to put everything aside and, and be 100% present to love and like, to your point, our children in that moment. And I think that moment is what they feel the most, is that direct, just uninterrupted engagement between a father and a mother and their son or daughter. The thing I hear in there, um, it makes me think about when you're disciplining a child, uh, we've probably all heard said, is to discipline their behavior, not the child. I'm I'm taking from Mm -hmm. that and thinking about, you know, maybe you're busy, maybe you're overwhelmed, maybe wherever you are in that place, notice their behavior and comment on on their behavior, um, in on that, the good behavior, the good especially. Behavior. Yeah. yeah. Notice that. And that, that can draw forth. Cause you know, our tendency is to often look at what's not going right. Yeah. So and look then at you're what always is picking. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, affirming. Um, that's why I think it's so important to uh, fathers to think of, uh, parenting as leadership, because if you think about how intentional you are at work or how you would treat the guys who are on the job with you, or for me as a colonel in the Marines, how I would treat Marines, I would never in a million years pick at them all day long. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, that is demeaning. It's not encouraging. It doesn't convey like, it doesn't convey respect. And as we said in the first place, it's only when people know that you care that they care about what you say and what you do. Stay with us, folks. We're going into the fourth segment with Alan Carter, who wrote a beautiful book, Letters from a Father. In a crowded place, I was dying to be Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity on Father's Day weekend. And my personal contention is you can't be all things to all people. So you got to focus on something. In the Marine Corps, when you have uh, an attack plan or a raid, there is always some area of that that's the priority. So if you're attacking with four companies, for example, as the battalion commander, you would say, Bravo Company is the main effort. And that way you know if resources dwindle and if things start to go wrong— Everybody uh, is going to be in support of that main effort, that company. 
And so as we think about society and where we are and how things are just falling apart for lack of leadership, uh, both because it's been uh, absconded and because it's been stolen. So my kindergarten teacher is not going to decide what sex my children are. And at the same time, I'm not giving up my seat at the table. But no plan survives its first contact with the enemy, so now you're engaged. And the purpose of this show, what's so important to us at Courageous Christianity today to convey and asking Alan to help us to do so is the main effort is fatherhood. It's a man submitted to God, bringing that relationship to everyone around him, starting with his father. Eleanor Roosevelt said, basically, nobody can take your dignity unless you give it to them. Well, fathers, nobody can take your role unless you give it to them. And so I understand the conflict of being a provider and being so busy and thinking you got to do all these different things. And in that, you give it to them. And so we're talking about taking it back, not in some angry act, but modeled on God and his relationship with us, taking it back. And so Alan, with his beautiful book, Letters from a Father, where he took the letters that he wrote to his children and eventually made a book of it. And although it necessarily didn't resonate uh, at first, it's had long-term effects since, which have come to his attention. And so it's slow and it's little and it's awesome. And so, Alan, two things for you. Number one, the breakdown of the family is devastating. We're talking about taking it back. And what would you say in uh, regard to the final thoughts, conveying that, the main effort, uh, you're that father, what's step one, what are you going to do, anything you could help us with today? Oh, great. Thank you again, Richard. This has been just such a wonderful conversation. And I think just circling back to what we said earlier, the the impact of an engaged, God-fearing father uh, just can't be overstated. And to your point, and you've talked about it in uh, your previous broadcast, you know, the impact of that not being there is just has tragic consequences. I mean, we've seen in history, um, very recently indeed, that when societies step in to intentionally break down families and to separate the bonds of those dads and moms from their children, um, it's tragic. And, of course, that's where the Hitler youth came from. I mean, that was a concerted effort to break the family, To, and we all know how that ended up. But back to what you had said earlier, look, we are, we're just called to love our children just as God has loved us. And if we start with that, if we start with God's love and pouring that out into our children, when that comes first, Richard, wonderful things flow from it. Our our honest effort and our honest desire, our willingness to be present and to carve and create space, which you put so succinctly, that just pours out into our children and it creates those generational, that generational differentiation that we talked about in the first segment. I think those are uh, fantastic words. Boy, you hit something huge. Um, the consequences of a leadership vacuum. Friends, uh, look at history. When you have a leadership vacuum, there's no telling what will be pulled into that vacuum. And so in the leadership vacuum in Germany following World War I, in the economic crisis, 
What was pulled into that vacuum? Hitler and the Nazis. If you look at Afghanistan in 1989, the Soviets leave. The U.S. left also because now we'd beat up on the Soviets and we were happy. What was pulled into the leadership vacuum left by the Soviets leaving and the U.S. leaving? The Taliban. And so currently there is a vacuum at the head of the table where a father submitted to God should sit. And what is being pulled into that vacuum? The teachers' union, uh, politics, CNN, Facebook, all kinds of tragedies are being pulled into that vacuum for want of a man who will put down his cell phone, look his children in the eye, and be present. And friends, it's devastating because the most important thing for all of us to know is that first and foremost, we are the apple of our Father's eye. And so in this beautiful book, which I'd love you to have, um, Alan, how do our readers find your book? Thank you, Richard. Easiest way to do it is to go on to Amazon and just search Letters from a Father in My Name, Alan Carter. It will come up there for them, or any bookseller uh, will be carrying it. I should mention also that um, this is purely for charitable efforts, and we've selected the Chicago Hope Academy this year as the recipient of all funds from this book. And Chicago Hope is a wonderful high school that focuses on uh, under disadvantaged youth and, and just changes outcomes for them. So thank you all for uh, taking a look at it. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, I do pass through Chicago, and I would certainly hope that we could get together and have a bit of a visit. Friends, right. we're talking with Alan Carter about the most important thing we can do in the reformation of the United States of America. God says in one scripture, if you would turn to me, I will heal your nation. And if we say to our children, turn to me, I will be somebody worth turning to. Because first and foremost, we have to be a person who is worthy of respect. And that's not done with words, as we said before, preach 24 hours a day, use words if necessary. So Christy, having listened to this, uh, you know... It's near and dear to my heart, and it's hard, and the world challenges fathers, and it challenges men. Despite the horrible results of fatherlessness, it persists. And so we're talking to fathers. What would you say on this Father's Day weekend? Well, first and foremost, I must wish all the fathers out there happy Father's Day to you, Richard, to Mike, our producer, and to you, Alan. Uh, the second thing is, is women, ladies. We have a role in this as well, and that is to support our men. Yes, they first have to be respectable, but we can start first as well and, and lift them up and be that support and help, help them as God would want a woman to help the man. God bless you. I think that's amazing. And I think uh, not only does Ephesians chapter 5 say, wives, respect your husbands, but in another conversation where we're talking about in a marriage, if one person's not a believer, if the husband's not a believer, then women are instructed to show them what a believer looks like, right. not in judgment, but just in a good walk themselves. And so it comes down to a good walk ourselves. And that's the truth. And that brings us to the moment of truth. 
As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And in a conversation this morning with Christy talking about how I am more and more turning away from the world and more and more turning away uh, toward God and His values, I finally understood what it means in the Psalms when uh, God says that He is our refuge and our high tower, and we can trust him as a faithful father. And so he has told us in John chapter 12, verses 49 and 50, Jesus says, I have not spoken on my own, but the Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know that his command leads to eternal life, so I speak exactly what the Father has told me to say. And Pastor Steve mentioned this last week when he said that Jesus manifested what his father told him, and fathers, we can manifest what we get from Jesus. And it comes down to that, not inventing the rules by ourselves, but just manifesting, being, showing. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, unto his last breath, spoke the word of his father. His last act was the will of his father. But before he could speak and act in accordance with the will of his father, his father had to teach his will to him. And the fate of all mankind through every generation rested on that teaching. And the stakes are no less dire today. As fathers, we have to submit ourselves to the word of God and then teach it to our children using words if necessary. That brings us to our quote of the day, and I think those of you who are listening week after week realize I've fallen in love with this guy named William Gurnall, and he wrote an amazing book in the 1600s. He was disliked by the Catholics. He was disliked by the Protestants, so he was not about religion. He was just about the loving Father that we have in God, and he wrote a book called The Christian in Complete Armor. And he says this, Since God demands our trust, he is obligated to prove himself trustworthy. So the same is true for every one of us, fathers. Fatherhood is leadership by example. To teach humility, you must be self-effacing. To teach kindness, you must be kind. To earn respect, you must first be respectful, loving, and consistent. And before any of that, you have to show up. So in the preface to Alan's book, the gentleman on whom the Keanu Reeves movie was based says that teaching Little League and growing Little League in Chicago was about a coach showing up week after week to show these kids that a man shows up. And that's what we do, fathers, moment by moment, day after day. And that's courageous Christianity. Alan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Richard and Christy. It's a delight to be with you and blessed by it. Amen. Friends, thanks so much for being with Christy and me today. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day weekend. God bless you all. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Three-star 
retired general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.